Now, the axis of evil thing is over, but it's safe to say that the late North Korean leader Kim Jong-il was a film fanatic. His favorite actress, he once said, was Elizabeth Taylor. His favorite actor, Sean Connery. And when he died, it's rumored that he left behind one of the largest film collections in the world. He also left behind a thriving movie industry. Singaporean director Lin Lee was able to briefly get behind the scenes at the elite Pyongyang Film School, where she says it's almost as if the late Kim Jong-il were still directing. In the film school, all the film books were written by him. The students would learn his theory on what filmmaking should be. He would personally supervise films that he took an interest in. And all the students we spoke with, he was their star. He was the great director. So, I mean, it's one thing to be a North Korean filmmaker in North Korea. Obviously, it's an entirely different proposition going there as a foreign filmmaker. I mean, what did you have to do to get inside North Korea and make movies? How it happened was that we were invited to the Pyongyang International Film Festival. They have um, an international film festival. They do. Wow. When we were there, they had atonement showing and banded like Beckham and Italian films. People would queue up to get tickets. So we were there and we learned during our time there that there was a big film industry. We visited the film studios. We met actors, actresses, directors, producers. We were talking to one of the actresses. She said... You guys make documentaries. What kind of documentary would you like to make next? And just by way of small talk, we just said, oh, what about documentary about your film industry? And that conversation lasted about eight months. And finally, they said, okay, you can come. Of course, there were some conditions involved, like we had to have guides with us all the time. Right. That seems pretty normal for North Korea. And also, we had to agree to have our footage delivered to the censors at the end of each day. You were okay with that? Obviously, as filmmakers, we, we didn't like having our, our stuff censored. But mm. then we also thought, if this tiny window is opening up to us, just try it out and see what happens. Now, you go to the soundstage in North Korea where it, it's like the back lot in Hollywood, except it's not. It kind of blew my mind. Can I just tell you? It was just, <laughs> I had no idea this existed inside North Korea. Yeah, it blew our mind too. And we were on set with director Pio. We had no idea that something like that existed as well. And This is filmmaker Pio Hong, who's kind of, uh, what is he, yeah. like the Steven Spielberg of North Korea? Something like that. He's yeah. kind of like their top director. He specializes in making anti-Japanese propaganda films. I wanted to ask you about one scene in which the director Pio is working with, uh, I guess, extras. There are so many of them, soldiers, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. in one scene. And he's asking for them to really kind of display this anger about the Japanese, and he's not getting it from them, and he's really getting frustrated. I can only imagine if this were real life, that soldiers kind of giggling at something, they'd get sent to a labor camp. So does any of that real-life authoritarianism ever bleed into film production in North Korea? Those soldiers, well, they're actually, they're real soldiers. They're not, I was wondering you know, about that, yeah. Yeah, they were told to be extras on set, but they're actually soldiers. And we found it quite interesting that they were unable to give director Pio what he wanted. I think there's a generational thing as well. Pio grew up in a time when memories of the Japanese occupation were still very fresh, whereas this new generation, they, they've never seen that. And so they were not able to identify or connect uh, with Pio when he said to them, you know, I want you to show more anger or yeah. to show more hatred in your eyes. They just couldn't give it to him. Part of the film, you spend profiling one young actress who's studying at the elite North Korean film school. You get inside her home. Her name is Ri Yun Mi. Did your minders have any problems with you 
getting this access to her, her home and family? And how did you get in? She comes from a very, very, very privileged background. She lives in a really nice apartment. Her father is a scientist. So maybe that was one of the reasons why they were okay with us visiting her as well, because she lives well. It's clear that she comes from privilege, just her breakfast alone, soup, <laughs> eggs, rice, kimchi. And yet when they're shooting in her home, there's a blackout. So yes. not everything is normal. No. Even in the elite Pyongyang University, there were you know a couple of blackouts as well. So no, not everything is normal. So what scenes did you capture that you had to leave out? And ultimately, do you feel like you got to tell the story that you wanted to tell? Um, that's a difficult question. If there's a minder, there's always a layer there that you can't get past. And obviously, that's not ideal. But given that we were able to, to do this and do it where no one else has been able to do it, I think we're quite happy with that. We had problems when we were filming in the museum, for instance. Photographs of uh, the North Korean leaders were not framed properly, and so we were not allowed to use some of the footage. What, so they looked at the kind of rushes and said, no, the great leader needs to be framed so we can see both ears or something like that? Or? You're not allowed to cut him off at his forehead or Ooh. that kind of thing. So I have just one last question for you, Lynn. I, I mean, co Koreans are so good at snacking and making snack foods. How's the craft service table on North Korean movie shoots? I don't remember seeing one. <laughs> <laughs> they must have little snacks in their bags then. Well, Lynn Lee, great to speak with you. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. One of the characters in Lee's documentary, as you heard, is the young actress Yun Mi. She's what some might call a triple threat. She acts, dances, and even sings. This tune celebrates, you guessed it, the great leader. We've also got stills from the film, including a great shot of Yun Mi dancing. That's at theworld.org. This is PRI.